Hey, everybody. Hey, oddballs. Welcome well, back. Welcome back to Our, Our Odd Pod, Pod Podcast. A podcast dedicated to the odd, the macabre, and everything else in between. And everything in between. What's it's up? It's me, Billy. <laughs> it's Felicia. We're back again for We're another back. week. Welcome back. Welcome back. You guys are still here? Man. Y'all are really hanging in there. It's really hanging in there. <laughs> Um, I lied about what we're talking about today. What'd you say? I said we were going to talk about the Lazarus syndrome effect. Lazarus effect. We're not talking about that? That's a movie. No, we're not talking about that. Okay. Um, with Easter right around the corner. Oh, you lied to me about what we're talking about? Yeah. So it would be a surprise? Yeah. Okay. You sneaky, (laughs) sneaky person. Is that surprising? I'm very surprised. Oh my God. We really just started talking about what we're talking about today. Like I was just ready to go into it. Yeah. How are you? I mean, I'm good. Now I'm curious what we're talking about. Do we have any business? Any business? Yes. Well, you can find all of our links on www.ouroddpodpodcast.com. Actually, that's a lie. Not all of them are there, but the ones that aren't there are probably at linktr.ee slash OOPP. Between those two places, you can find most of the places where our podcast is. Between um, those places, you can find most of the places. Yeah. I'm still working on trying to get all the links in one place. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm just like a little bit hyped up on caffeine right now. It really just so hit me. So much caffeine. Oh, my God. Um, I'm sweating. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we have our Patreon up and running. We just uploaded our most recent mini-sode on Monday. Yeah. Um, which is obviously patreon.com slash our odd Patreon. You guys getting the theme here? <laughs> and as always, you can find our intro and outro music at darrencurtismusic.com. So Ooh. go show him some love. Also, if you're so inclined to please write, like, um, subscribe, and give us a review on iTunes. Rate yeah. and review on Rate iTunes. Rate and review on iTunes. Join our Facebook group, um, Instagram, Twitter. I don't know. Those are things we have. Honestly, terrible at social media. Yeah, same, but you know what? We do what we can. Yeah. All right. All right. No. So that's our business. That's like our our always business. Yeah. Do we have any other business that needs to be uh, businessed? No. No? Okay, cool. All right. Let's. All right. So with Easter right around the corner, Mm -hmm. I thought today I would talk about our Lord and Savior. Satan. Jesus Christ. Oh, that one. See, Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras has came and went. After that, Ash Wednesday came, and we all put ashes on our foreheads. We did not we, do that. We all gave up chocolate for Lent. Yeah. And in 40 days, Jesus will rise again and do something, I'm sure. 40 days? Uh, isn't that 40 days after Ash Wednesday? Well, for, Lent is 40 days. Yeah. But Easter is not 40 days from now, is it? Not from today, but from Ash Wednesday. Oh, okay. Well, maybe. I don't know, man. I'm not Catholic. I don't know your holidays. <laughs> My holidays. Well, I mean, like, you know. You anyway, had, Jesus is coming back, and he will do something. Cool. What? I don't know. What? What? What does he do? He gets in like a boxing match with the Antichrist or something. <laughs> he fights the Easter Bunny. Yeah. 
He's coming back to fight the Easter Bunny, and then the winner lays claim on the holiday for the rest of eternity. Yeah, for the rest obviously. of the year. Read a book. Geez. Something about... You need he, to read a book called the Bible. Yeah, it's it's in there, I'm sure. Deuteronomy 14 through yeah. 16. Yeah, it's definitely definitely the part. <laughs> it's definitely in Deuteronomy, the part of the bit about Jesus. Is it? I have no, <laughs> no idea. No, I was no. just there. I was just pulling a name out my ass. No, he wasn't a thing yet in Deuteronomy. Oh, okay, cool. So you know, it's Old anyway, Testament. With all the blasphemy aside. Yeah, I'm just kidding. We're not talking about Jesus. This episode isn't on Easter or Jesus Christ. Can okay. you imagine? I, was, I thought we we're about to get into it. I mean, like it's a little odd. It's some macabre. I mean, like, Jesus left the chat ages ago, and what little soul we have left would probably be damned. I was honestly trying to figure out how we were going to talk about Jesus in a way that, first of all, fits the theme of the show, and second of all, did not just offend, like, anybody who's still listening to this. Yeah, what little soul we have left would be damned if it isn't already. Yeah. Um, <laughs> little edgelord Felicia coming in. Yeah. Hey, coming in hot. Just, so what are we talking about? Huh? Well... Give me a second. So to clarify, we actually are not talking about the Lazarus thing. I make no promises. Okay. Well. <laughs> We've talked about vampires. Yes. We've talked about zombies. Yes. We've talked about consensual cannibals. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about my main man, Harry Houdini. Okay. Do you know what they all have in common? No. Not a whole lot, honestly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just wanted to point out some of my favorite episodes. <laughs> My brain was really struggling to make a connection between those things. <laughs> I wrote this like on a caffeine fueled like. Uh, hey, we're recording it on a caffeine fueled thing. It works, isn't it? Yeah, you're probably gonna hear like a lot of extra sounds because we're jittery and the table's moving a lot. Oh. So, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. <Sorry>, <laughs> just, just ignore that. All right. So, taking a note out of your note taking process. I want to start off my episode with a question and then maybe follow it up with a couple of more questions. Okay. What do you know about death? Uh, and then in parentheses, I said, wait for Billy to describe death poorly. Describe death poorly? I know exactly what death is. Okay, tell me. It's the end of your life when you stop living. That's 100% exactly what death is. Yeah, but I was looking for like a more detailed process. A more detailed process. Mm -hmm. um, your body dies. Your brain shuts down. You cease to exist. Existential inter existential crisis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're you start to decay, or someone burns you in a big oven, like or buries you, you. You decay after death. I just I said that. That's not death. Okay. Well, I told you it's that when you stop living, what more do you want? Okay. Well, how's this? Do you know the progression of death? The progression of death. Mm -hmm. Please enlighten me. Death is a process in which all of your organs necessary for life progressively fail. Mm -hmm. You aren't actually considered dead until all of your functions, including your organs, brain, irreversibly stop. Okay, well, let me ask you a question. So it's like death, but in more words. Did I or did I not say your body dies and then your brain shuts down? Yes, but that was like after some like pulling it out of you. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just checking. It's fine. You did it. But I just said it with more words. Which Okay. Why use lot word when few, few word words work well? Yeah. 
Um, and just to make your life just a little bit more harder. A little bit what now? More harder. <laughs> judge me. <laughs> um, can you add like the CSI Miami sound thingy for like what I'm about to say? What is that sound? Is it like the wah? It's like the yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. Here, I'm going to put on my serious podcasting voice. Oh, oh shit. You okay. ready? Yeah. Just how permanent is death actually? I'm Very building, permanent. I'm building for suspense. Okay. For some, death doesn't last nearly as long. What do you know about the Lazarus Syndrome? Um, do you actually want me to tell you what I know about it? Go for it. Uh, it's very basic. It's just when, so you think, they think someone is dead and they're pronounced dead and then they're not dead. Pretty much. Yeah. You got it. That could be the end of the episode. All right. Bye everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> so. We're done with that joke, didn't you? <laughs> Was it 26 episodes in? Not dead yet. Not dead yet. All right, so the Lazarus phenomenon or syndrome, depending on who you ask, is defined as a delayed return of spontaneous circulation um, mm. after CPR has ceased. Basically, in other words, patients who are pronounced dead after a cardiac arrest experience um, experience an impromptu return of cardiac activity. Whoa, get some ROSC going. Yeah. Don't I sound like super smart Super right now? smart. Return of spontaneous circulation. Yes. Ross. Not to be confused with like spontaneous human combustion, which we talked about in like what, episode two? Way earlier when we still sounded like we were recording in a high school gymnasium. <laughs> um, so Lazarus phenomenon is also known as Lazarus heart, auto resuscitation, and delayed return of spontaneous circulation after failed CPR. Wow. Um, the syndrome is named after Lazarus of Bethany, who, according to the New Testament in the Bible, was brought back to life by Jesus Christ four days after his death. Um, this is also like was like conveniently left out in my kid's Bible. Like when really? I was, like the kid's Bible. I don't remember this in there at all. I had a kid's Bible, but it was just like the whole Bible, but with pictures of Salty the Psalm book and his family. <laughs> um Bet I would have been more interested in the or in like the Bible, like in general, if they had like left in the dinosaurs and the zombies, rather than like a dancing tomato. You know what? Technically, they left in the dinosaurs, but like in the kids' Bible. Oh, in the kids' one. Okay, yeah, I don't know what the deal is with that. Not technically a dinosaur, but there is. Hold on, I'm going to go off on like a biblical. That's fine because we're about to talk about oh. the Bible in a second. Okay. Um, cause I did a lot of like reading the parts that interested me while I was made to go to church as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, in the, in Genesis, it talks about the serpent who like tempted Adam and Eve or whatever. Yeah. But there's mention of him having legs and being like a clever species. Like kinda, his curse was. Kind of sound like a dragon. His curse was he had to crawl around on his belly, right? So like what in the past kind of reptiles did we have that had legs? Dinosaurs, right? Yeah. Okay, giant al it's really just like a giant alligator yeah it's like <laughs> hey you hungry are not alligators just ancient dinosaurs yeah anyway so, i just thought that was kind of cool that is cool that's what my child my my young brain thought hey maybe that's a dinosaur 
I'm very much more interested in that part of the Bible, but I digress. Um, I do want to read the death of Lazarus coming straight from the Bible anyway. Oh, damn. Just because I think it kind of, it's one, a kind of a cool story. And I didn't know about it until fairly recently, as in maybe like last Saturday. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Because I've heard of like Lazarus from like, ooh, I'm sorry. Um, I've heard of Lazarus from like, you know, songs and... I guess there's a whole movie called The Lazarus Effect. I've never seen it. I don't think it. it's about Lazarus, though. Yeah, but it's named after. Right. So, um, I think I'm not really sure how to phrase scriptures from the Bible, but John 11, 1 through 44. You did it. You oh, crushed it. Perfect. Um, The death of Lazarus. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Um, this is Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. Oh, snap. Okay. It also kind of like just brings up some other characters that I am familiar with anyway. I thought that was Mary Magdalene, but maybe so maybe they're the same person. I thought Mary Magdalene was his mom. Mm-mm. Ooh. I've spent my entire... Mary Magdalene was like his... Was that- the possible pro- wife who was a prostitute. Oh, wow. My brain is just in blasphemy all these years. Things make sense now. Anyway, so the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is the God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick... He stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Did I say that right? Judea, yeah. Rad. Um, But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night, they stumble, for they have no light. And after he said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus is fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. And all of them were like, Okay, but what about the rocks? Okay, but like he's dead. Like, what about the stone? You didn't really answer our question there, JC. (laughs) Like, they tried to. You're really just beating around the bush there. They tried to murder you with big rocks. Big rocks. And your answer is about like a clock or something. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah, we get it. There's 12 hours during the day, but can you like the big rocks? Yeah, 12 hours of the day. Okay, cool. So we're going to go at night so they can't see us? Like, what are you trying to say? (laughs) His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant a natural sleep. Because we've made it clear that Jesus was very unclear. I think Jesus might have been like burning some bush. Oh, okay. Like a little casual. Just real casual. Um, he's like one of those people who take like a a social media break and come back like enlightened. Yeah. Starts, he's yeah. like, let me show you this cool thing I learned from Moses about a burning bush. There's 12 hours during the day. Hey, didn't they try to murder you with big rocks? But hey, there's bro, 12 it's hours so cool, in the day. Man. 12, there's 12 hours in the daytime. Like whoever walks in the daytime won't stumble, but people who walk at night, totally tripping. You know, like. <laughs> I could just imagine all of them looking at each other like, what the fuck? We're following this guy, right? 
All right, anyway, we still have sorry. to get through it. <laughs> Let's get through it. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go so that we may die with him. Oh, that's uh, the doubter. He's a little dramatic. He's also the one that like doubted his resurrection. Yeah. Thomas is like, he's the sh- he throws Thomas the shade. Thomas sounds like the- he's not really on board with Jesus. He's skeptical, I think. You never heard of like doubting Thomas? No. He's like, oh, Jesus came back. Okay, cool. Let him show up and I'll like stick my fingers in his holes or whatever. And he showed up. Did he stick his fingers in his holes? He's like, here's my hands, motherfucker. No holes. No, there were holes. Oh, look, my no holes. Yeah, look, man, (laughs) look at the holes. And he's like, oh, damn. Oh, damn. Anyway, that's later. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Jesus comforts the sisters of Lazarus on his arrival. Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother, When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Uh, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And then he did like that David Blaine stare. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Oh yeah, that's. I think that's the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus like, wept. Yeah, that's like a whole verse by itself. It is. Uh-huh. Verse thirty-five. We're almost done. Um, and then the Jews said, "See how he loved him." But then some of them said, "Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man kept this man from dying?" Jesus, once more deeply moved, came into the tomb, and it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. A little foreshadowing there, I'll say. Oh, shit. Yeah, foreshadowing. Damn. <laughs> but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Like, oh, is there a bad odor? Because all, all I can smell right now, Martha, is your bullshit. <laughs> so they took away the stone, and then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you will always hear me and that I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out with his hands and feet wrapped in strips of linen and cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. And Lazarus was bucket naked. (laughs) Yeah, so that's the scripture that 
kind of. Can you imagine if someone just accidentally skips to like 20 minutes into this episode and there's a lot of Bible? They're like, what the fuck is this podcast? What the fuck am I listening to right now? Also, like how confusing it would be if you're Lazarus and you just wake up with like bandages and shit wrapped up like a mummy. Bro, what happened? Oh, man. I'm never drinking again. (laughs) That was a bad night out. Some strong wine. (laughs) Yeah, so I I didn't. I didn't know about that part in the Bible. It's kind of cool. I I remember like him doing the blind man thing, but yeah, that was one of his big ones. Yeah, I, I know too. Like more about the Bible than I think people really would realize. You know more than me, me, and I went to Bible school. Having known me, <laughs> like people who know me, I think would be surprised. Yeah. But but that was like a nice little story. Sorry to like throw that in there. Yeah. Now, everybody, we're going to take a moment so you can all accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> if you want to do that, that's fine. But it's Yeah, not. that's on to you, but we're not doing that. That's not for me. Um, so, like, when I started my research last weekend, um, I was hoping to find, like, a long tail of the syndrome throughout history. Mm-hmm. Kind of like there was, like, stuff written about spontaneous human combustion. Mm-hmm. Um. But there really wasn't a whole lot of that. And I actually only just learned about the Lazarus effect or like syndrome, whatever you want to call it, from like a Facebook group dealing with like morticians. Mm -hmm. And I did like a quick Googaloo and was like, yeah, I want to talk about that. I'm here for it. So as far as history goes, I couldn't find much. The Lazarus syndrome didn't actually get described in a medical journal until like 1982. Okay. A lot of people buried alive before that. <laughs> well, when I was like thinking about the Lazarus syndrome, I was also thinking about like when they put bells on caskets and you'd have somebody work in the graveyard shift in the middle of the night listening for the bells. Just in case? Yeah. Is that a real thing? That used to be a thing. Oh, wow. You didn't know that? No. They used to um, bury people with bells and like string on the inside because oftentimes for whatever reason, when they would dig people up or like for some reason, you would find like scratch marks on the inside of the tomb. Okay, but listen, can you imagine being a person working the graveyard shift in like that superstitious ass time period? Yeah. And you hear the bell ringing. Do you really think their first instinct is like, oh yeah, I should probably dig this person up. We'll have to do like an episode on that. Yeah. To kind of like, I don't know the whole story about it. I just know that they used to bury people with bells because apparently... We've had a problem pronouncing people dead for a while. Oh, okay. Well, sucks for them. <laughs> um, but according to a 2015 case report, only 32 cases have been reported since 1982 or between 1982 and through 2008. Only 32 cases? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, but it can't be that common, right? It's relatively rare, but we're going to get into that in just a second. Okay. So that number is low which would lead you to believe that Lazarus syndrome is relatively rare. Yeah. And it is. However, some scientists think that it's much more common than studies suggest and is grossly underreported. Makes sense too. Yeah. Um, And the reasons for that can be attributed to the fact that meteorological issues, medicalological, sure, that's Uh, a word. I mean, yeah. Um, Meteorological and medicalological. And medicalogical. Wow, that's a word right there. Um, Are brought to light in cases which the pronounced dead, which later turn out to not be dead. The professional expertise of the resuscitating doctor can be brought into question. Okay. Um, Which is like, 
in Felicia terms means like a lawsuit can be brought about. Yes. Because him. you've pronounced somebody dead and they weren't actually dead. Yeah. I mean, people will sue for a lot less than that. Yeah. Well, for example, the family of an 80-year-old grandmother revived a medical malpractice suit um, claiming that she had been zipped up in a body bag alive. Woof. Um, put into the hospital morgue's freezer where she eventually froze to death. And how did they find that out? Well, Maria de... Uh, Ponte or, du Lac. <laughs> Arroyo was declared dead in the summer of 2010 after going into a cardiac arrest where she was pronounced dead, but wasn't. When her body arrived at the mortuary a few days later, it was face down and the body bag was halfway unzipped and her face was battered. She oh. had a broken nose, bumps, and bruises. And oh. like that's what the court document said. So she like moved around in there. She was like struggling to get out of the body bag. Jeez, that is fucking crazy. Yeah, and her family sued. I mean, obviously. I mean, like, I mean, like with good reason. Yeah. Like maybe check. Jesus Christ, that is fucked up. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> God damn. Um, another question that gets brought up is whether the death of a particular patient occurred was the result of premature resuscitation? Premature resuscitation. Premature resuscitation. Oh. Um, or recessive efforts or the omission of continued resuscitation. The omission of continued re resuscitation. Yeah, that's... Oh, like, don't I sound smart as fuck right yeah, now? Yeah, you do. So basically like the premature resuscitation. Oh, premature cessation. Cessation. Oh, yeah. Maybe I don't sound so smart right now. No, you're good. Um, just like you've stopped before. You should you have. You should have. Yeah. Yeah. You might be asking yourself right now, Felicia, how is it even possible to mistakenly declare a person dead? Oh, my God. Are you reading my mind? I know. I'm, I was totally just thinking that. I'm, I'm in there. Wow. I'm making myself what at home. What else is in there? Ooh, it's scary in here. Just don't go through that door at the end of the hallway, okay? <laughs> um. But we already know that teterodoxin, that thing we talked about in the zombie episode, uh -huh. can slow your breathing and your heart beating down enough to make people believe that you were dead. Yeah. So maybe when Benjamin Franklin said, nothing is certain but death and taxes, wasn't all the way true. Well, it already isn't all the way true because taxes are fucking I confusing. I know. I fucking know nothing about taxes like, considering we did ours last night. We were doing our taxes last night and I realized, like, I don't know what any of those fucking boxes are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, but did you know there are two different types of death? First death, second death. No. It's clinical and biological. Oh, well, there's a second death. Do you know what that is? No. It's real existential. It's the last time anyone oh, ever oh, mentioned it. Oh, this is what Coco's about. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never seen that. You've never seen Coco. I've never seen Coco. Okay, we're Coco. watching Coco after this. Okay, cool. Everybody tells me that. Where are we supposed to watch Coco? It's on uh, Netflix. Is it? Yeah. Do we have Netflix? We do. Do we still have Netflix? We do still have Netflix. Well, I'll try to get on the other day and we did not have it, so. I'm definitely paying for it. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> hey, <laughs> podcast. Hey, oddballs. <laughs> You're still here? <laughs> yeah, we were trying to listen to the episode, but then it was just Billy and Felicia talking about taxes and, and Netflix. Like, I think they forgot because then it was just like them in the background laughing and we could hear Coco <laughs> playing. <laughs> anyway. Back to death. Back Such to death. Such a serious topic. Biological and clinical. Clinical death. Yeah. So, okay. Clinical death is being defined as the absence of a pulse, 
heartbeat and lung movement um, or breathing, I guess. <laughs> Biological death is defined by the absence of brain activity. Ergo, I experience blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm dying right now. I, I experience biological death on a daily basis working with the general public. Oof. Man, some things just ring real true, you know? <laughs> now, using those definitions, I would think that it would be easy to tell when a person is deceased. However, I'm not clearly a death expert as much as I would like to think. But death is not so certain. Bringing it back to Tahirotoxin. Tahirotoxin. One of those is right. I'm not sure. I don't remember the word. There are a number of medical conditions that can make an individual look dead. Me, when I wake up in the morning. Um, taking it back to last week's ec episode. This is part of, <laughs> we're just starting to become hard. Yeah. I think my mouth is trying to move My move brain is going fast. like a thousand miles a minute and just sitting here still at this table is making it's me. It's like struggling, isn't it's it? It's driving me crazy, yeah. <laughs> taking it back to last week's episode. Let's talk about hypothermia. Hypothermia. You're not dead until you're warm and dead. We're about to, I'm about to go over that. Yeah. All right. So the body's, the body experienced a sudden potentially fatal drop in temperature caused by prolonged exposure to the cold. Hypothermia can cause heartbeats and breathing to slow down to the point where it could be undetectable. In 2013, it's believed that hypothermia led to the mistaken death of a newborn baby. The baby in question was born on a sidewalk in the freezing cold. Um, they got the baby to the doctor where they were unable to detect a pulse and the baby was declared dead. Um, however, two hours later, the baby started moving again. And then, Is so it like, up? Yeah, yeah, so what you had just, literally what you just said, you're not dead until you're warm and dead. Yeah, that's a thing. Like, that's a common thing. Yeah. And like, when I read that, I was like, oh, we get to talk about what Billy said that one time. Yeah. I love how we can just like, throw it back Incorporate to other episodes. in my field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure it's especially true in young children. Like I think they're a lot more uh they can survive a lot longer. Um Yeah. I don't I'm not sure why. I think maybe because their body compensates better. Maybe. Like in most cases a kid's body will compensate better, but then it's like like a steep decline. Yeah. And, Maybe. I don't know. Just a fun little fact that you didn't ask for. <laughs> so, Dr. Michael Klein of the University of British Columbia in Canada said that the baby's exposure to such cold temperatures may explain the situation. The whole circulation would have been stopped, but the neurological condition of the child would be protected by the cold. Mm -hmm. um, so. That's why people who do like these tricks where they hold their breath forever for a really long time. Well, we talked about that in like the Houdini episode that since the water was cold or something, that he could probably hold his breath really for a lot cold, longer. Yeah. I want to say David Blaine did a thing like that. Oh, maybe. And like, he does illusions and stuff too, but a big David Blaine's big, one of his big things is like he really pushes his body to like the limits that it, you know, humans are supposed to be able to withstand. Yeah. And I want to say he held his breath for a really long time because he submerged himself in like freezing cold water. Yeah, maybe. And when it was time to stop, they had to kind of like bring him out of it. <laughs> They're like... You have to like do like not like skin to skin contact to warm yeah. them up rather All than right, like everybody. a warm blanket. Get bucket naked and pile up on uh, David Blaine on over a, there. On David, yeah. <laughs> All anyway. right, so something else I did. I never heard of um, catalepsy, but we're going to talk about it okay. real quick. Let's talk about it. All right, so catalepsy and locked in syndrome are other examples of like other conditions in which the living could be mistaken for dead. Mm hmm. 
Um, Locked in syndrome is awful. We're going to talk about it. It's terrifying. Yeah. Um, I watched a video on it not too long ago about this kid. He was like locked in syndrome for like 20 years. It's just terrifying. And like he came out of it or? I think he came out of it, but he was talking about like the abuse that he like received. Oh yeah, that's crazy, man. I can't tell you. Anyway, (laughs) I digress. Um, Catalepsy is characterized by a trance-like state, slowed breathing, reduced sensitivity, and complete immobility. It's triggered by strong emotions and can last from minutes to weeks. Wow. Catalepsy is a side effect of narcolepsy, but can be a symptom of other neurological disorders such as epilepsy and Parkinson's. Okay. What's that called? Catalepsy. Okay. Locked-in syndrome is where a patient is aware of their surroundings, but they experience complete paralysis of voluntary muscles, with the exception of the muscles that control eye movement. Okay. Um, A 39-year-old British woman named Kate Allett experienced locked-in syndrome. She suffered from a brainstem stroke where she had two blockages. Mm. When they did a CT scan or an MRI, I can't remember which one, they found that there was practically no blood movement in her brain. Um, unaware of her conditions, the doctor declared her brain dead. Kate said that she had to lay there while her family and friends stood by her bedside and discussed whether or not to switch off her life support. Jesus. While she was fully conscious on the inside. Locked-in syndrome is like being buried alive, she said. You can think, you can feel, and you can hear, but you can't communicate. Um, and there's videos act- about her. She's actually really lovely. And I'm assuming she's. They did not pull her life support because no, she's alive. she actually made like a relatively like full recovery. And did she ever get, get in touch? Like, manage to get somebody to notice her doing this, or do you think her eyes were closed? I have no idea, but she actually made like a relatively full like recovery. They said she would never be able to speak again. She's doing what like that? that's my foot. Oh. She's doing YouTube videos now. Oh, cool. um, she does like news interviews and everything. She's actually like a really lovely person. There's got to be a documentary on her, right? There is. Oh, cool. Um, I watched a few videos on YouTube about her. So, What's her name? Um, Katie Owlett. Katie what? Kate Owlett. Kate Owlett. A-L-L-A-T-T if you want to look her up. Okay. Um, so those things that we just talked about, obviously or not so obviously, aren't the cause of Lazarus syndrome. Okay. There are some theories that may explain the cause of Lazarus syndrome, but as I briefly mentioned earlier, like ever so briefly, Lazarus syndrome happens after CPR. Maybe you'll be able to tell us a little bit more about this. All right, let's hear it. You being in the EMT field. Okay, so one is called air trapping. Right. Um, This is the most common explanation for Lazarus syndrome. It is more likely to happen if you have COPD. it is when air is pushed into your lungs too rapidly during CPR and there's no time to exhale it, so it builds up. Basically, that is what, what air trapping is. Okay. So as air builds up, the pressure inside your chest increases. Eventually, it gets so high that your blood has trouble moving through your chest, through your chest veins, which is like a weird thing to say, I think, Yeah. Um, to your heart, and your heart starts to have trouble pumping your blood out to your body, and this can stop your circulation. Okay, but if we're doing CPR, then circulation is probably is already stopped. Is this like before? I think you said something about um, they're doing it when you don't need it to be done, basically, right? So this is kind of. I that. think it's like this is when you do it. You're when you're doing CPR incorrectly. Okay. Like there is some blood circulation despite your heart not. 
Okay. Sorry. Continue. Basically, CPR for when they stop breathing, which I know like helps the blood flow, but there can still be like blood flowing, maybe not as quickly because your heart's still pumping, right? Yeah, I guess. I'm not in the medical field. I don't know. I'm taking this straight from like a medical news journal. Well, it does make sense because like just because you've stopped breathing, I guess, doesn't necessarily mean that your heart stops immediately. But... That's how I understood it as. Okay. So... Anyway, sorry. Sorry, the air pressure in your chest has stopped your circulation like completely. Okay. Um, this will cause cardiac arrest and can um, prevent your heart from restarting during CPR. So whenever they stop doing CPR, the air trapped in your chest starts to leave. Uh. The pressure in your chest is reduced. Eventually, the blood from your body can um, go to your heart and be pumped to the rest of your body and the circulation returns and it looks like your heart has restarted itself. Okay. Another reason could be that the med do they give medication during CPR? Yeah. It's I didn't epinephrine. I didn't know that. So like when I was I put like in here and I said, um, ask Billy. <laughs> yeah, they do um it's to try to get you kind of started again. Yes. It's, so it's adrenaline basically. Another reason could be like medication given during CPR needs a chance to reach your heart to work. Mm -hmm. um, since I just asked you what kind of medicine you might receive. Yeah. And then it's air trapping occurs. <laughs> Anything given intravenously, um, like IV drugs, can't get there because of air trapping. Well, which is what you would be giving during CPR is either going to be intravenous or uh, intraoscular. What is intraoscular? It's in your bone. Ooh, oh, ow. So, so like if you can't find a vein. You just stab it into C their bones. To, to do the, the um, you know, like IV access for your patient that you're doing CPR to, mm -hmm. to give the epinephrine, you drill into their bone basically. I don't like that. So like they have like a little bone drill on the ambulance. Did you ever use one? I didn't use one because it's out of my scope of practice, but I've seen it. Like I, my partner used them, yeah. I don't like that. Note to self, have readily available veins. All right, so again, once air tapping is resolved, the pressure in your chest is low enough, blood will continue to flow, and the medication will go with it. And then it'll seem like your circulation spontaneously returned. Interesting, okay. Um, other things like um, temporary cardiac arrest after defibrillation. Okay. During CPR, a defibrillator may be used to send electrical shock to your heart to try and restart the heart rhythm or reset an irregular heart rhythm known as arrhythmia. Yes. Right so far? Yeah. Because I said look to Billy for approval because he's More smart. or less. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes there's a delay between the shock and its effect. And if it is long enough, it can appear that your circulation returns spontaneously rather than the shock. Well, it's you're not going to shock. If the heart's not beating, it won't get shocked. Hmm. It's when you get the pulse back and the pulse is like fibrillating. Wacky. Wacky. That's why it's called a defibrillator. Mm. It's like atrial fibrillation when your muscles are spasming incorrectly. So it's moving. It's not pumping correctly because it's all over the place. Nice. So they shock it to try to like reboot it to like get the rhythm correct. Nice. Cool. So like when you see medical TV shows where they're like, Flatlining and yeah. then shocking them, trying to bring them back. That shit doesn't happen now. Well, cool. We're all learning something anyway. here today. 
But I'm it's a, very dramatic for TV, though. It is. I'm on the non-medical side of this relationship, so. <laughs> I'm barely like a medical <laughs> professional. <laughs> anyway, so other conditions such as high levels of potassium or too much acid in your blood can cause your heart to stop beating. Okay. Um, these conditions are usually treated during CPR, but they can take some time to resolve, just like the things I previously mentioned. Um, and if they don't improve until CPR stops, it may look like your circulation has returned spontaneously. So basically, these are reasons why this is not actually Lazarus This is syndrome. Lazarus syndrome. Because it theories. looks like it came back spontaneously, but actually it was there the whole time. Basically. Okay. Lazarus syndrome, like from what I can gather, it only happens when you do CPR. It's just because they think they're dead. Yeah. But they're not. They've it's technically been declared dead because I know what you, you've told me that only doctors can declare people dead, mm -hmm. right? So it's like somebody has declared them dead and then they come back. Okay. Whether it be like somebody making an incorrect call to call somebody dead that's not a doctor. Right. Or whatever. Okay. With me so far. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, how do doctors determine death without a doubt? Some research suggests that patients should passively... <laughs> I was like, I uh, thought you were waiting for me to answer. I I'm was. Like, uh... <laughs> and I wasn't getting anywhere, so no. I was like, I'll just continue. I don't know. Some researchers suggest that patients should be passively monitored for up to 10 minutes following death. As after 10 minutes, Lazarus syndrome is less likely to occur. Occur? 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 So. Is less likely to occur? Yeah. <laughs> um, so the current guidelines recommend two to five minutes of observation after a heart has stopped beating before declaring death. That's not very dramatic in like medical shows, but that's well, like, the current guideline. The like 45 minutes or like 30 minutes to an hour, depending on where you are, who you work for, before that, where they're trying to keep this person from dying. Yeah. This also plays a, you know, is, plays a factor. Yeah, so this can cause problems, though, like the 10-minute that they want you to wait, um, because organ donation, like when you wait longer than 10 minutes, can be detrimental to the organs. Really? So, like, the longer the blood flow to the organs is restricted, the less likely they are to be suitable for donations. So, it's unlikely that these protocols surrounding death confirmation will change anytime soon, but Lazarus syndrome doesn't seem to be, like, a huge problem for the people. I feel like it's not as much of a problem as, like, you would think. No, because, we, we, like I mentioned, only 32 people between, like, 1980 to the 2008 have like experienced Lazarus syndrome. Mm -hmm. So like, I think we're doing okay. And I like to think like a lot of the people who are gonna be doing this CPR and stuff like that have the knowledge to do it correctly. Right, I feel like the 32 instances has probably been from- Like before, cause you know, the CPR standards are changing a lot. I didn't know that, like but that's good to know. Like before you did like 15 chest compressions, you stopped, you did two pre breaths, you know? Now you just do compressions. Oh. So. And they have Lucas devices now. Oh, the little table thingy? It's like the machine that does the compressions. Punches you in the chest. It does compressions for you. Have you ever seen those? No. It's crazy. It's, it's like, like a plunger. 
it does steady compressions it doesn't get tired so it's consistent and like <laughs> because it's a robot it's so good there are people who have like woken up really i bet it hurts yeah it's got to be they but like woken up while this machine is like pumping their chest because that's how good the circulation is and they're like stop they're just like i don't <laughs> think they're like coherent but they the you know basically it you it's an artificial circulation like it's pumping your heart for you yeah, so um, basically anyway. my next line was, don't worry though, if you die in the hospital, you'll more than likely be hooked up to medical equipment to effectively determine whether or not you're actively dead or not. Yeah. Actively dead. If that's an oxymoron. Yeah, actively dead. Actively dying? That's a good one. Actively living? I don't know. Um, but more often than not though, doctors will determine the loss of function of multiple organs before declaring death, including... The lack of an audible heart beat, absence of palpable pulse, palpable, palpable. That was a hard word for me. Fixed and dilated pupils that don't respond to light, and a lack of response to pain. Mm. These are just some stories about the Lazarus syndrome, and it came straight from the Washington Post article, and I was just so tickled of it. Tickled, I ripped it straight off of there. So, okay, Lindsay Bever wrote this. Lindsay Bever giving her from credit. the Washington Post. Thank okay. you, Lindsay. Yes. Um, I really enjoyed your article. And if you're listening, thank you. I'm going to really enjoy your article too <laughs> right now. So I think the most popular story that you're going to hear regarding Lazarus Syndrome is going to be this first one. Because okay. it's the one that I kept seeing popping up. Okay. Okay. So. It's not the 80-year-old grandma who woke up in the freezer? No. Wow. Okay. Lay it on me. Um, so, after 11 hours in the morgue, a 91-year-old Polish woman started stirring. Okay. Um, Eastern sorry. Europeans, man. They're just built different, you know? And it's an Eastern European name, man. Uh, Janina Kolkowicz. Sure. Had been declared dead by her physician in an Eastern Polish town called Ostro-Lubeski. Maybe. <laughs> he found her without a pulse and filled out her death certificate. The Polish newspaper, Zenit, reported last week. This was last week? No, this is probably like in 2008. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. I'm just reading it straight from the article. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I made it confusing for myself. Oh, I'm back. Anyway, her family started making funeral arrangements. Then she woke up in cold storage and asked for hot tea and pancakes. Dude, can you imagine being the like technician that's on shift and this old lady wakes up? I would have shit my pants. Asking for hot tea and pancakes. Honestly, she's got her um priorities, right? Priorities in line. Like I need a strong tea. She's like, I would really enjoy some hot tea and maybe a pancake like, right now. You got English breakfast or Irish breakfast? I'll take it. Either one of those would be fine. It's cold in here. Pancakes. Not a big fan of waffles, but if that's all you got. I I'll guess take I'll take it. that too. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm the one who died, but who Just knows? put some kind of bread or syrup on some sort of bread and give it to me. Please. Because I'm... I, it's freezing It's fucking in here. freezing in here. Um, anyway. <laughs> her, her physician said, I was sure she was dead. Um, they told the TV station. Um, BBC News reported, I'm stunned. I don't understand what happened. Her heart had stopped beating and she was no longer breathing. But she is not the first one to return from the dead. As headlines often say, an anatomical pathology technician told the Guardian the woman likely had a pulse, but a very weak one. 
Even within the medical community, there is a debate over what really constitutes as death. And it is seen less as a single event and more as a process. Mm -hmm. Carla Valentine, a technical curator at the Bart's Pathology Museum, wrote in a Guardian op-ed. It involves several different mechanisms ceasing, not just one, which is why there can be an ethical argument around brainstem death. Mm-hmm. Um, when the person is in fact deceased, but their tissue can be artificially kept alive. Um, and then Valentine said, it happens. Which I mean, like, we are our brain, basically. Yeah. So. But it's like, I guess if your heart stopped beating and you're like, you're not breathing anymore, but your brain's still alive, they can keep your heart pumping artificially. Yeah. And thus keeping your tissue. You're basically just like a sack of meat at that point. Your soul has drifted away, but you're still there. Your body's still here? Anyway. I think, like, I don't know. Like, to me, brain death is like the light bulb goes out. Yeah. Like, you can keep things going, but, you know, it's not. I don't know. Just like we are our brain. Yeah. Right? Everything we perceive and feel and see and smell and taste routes through our brain. So you take the brain away. It's not a person. It's just a body. Right. Right? Going somewhere kind of like existential crisis mode right now. Yeah. Some <laughs> existential shit going on. <laughs> Okay, let's let's get through this real quick. Anyway. So, in January of a year I am unsure of, a 24-year-old Kenyan man named Paul Matora woke up in the morgue after he had allegedly tried to kill himself by swallowing insecticides. When the technicians heard noises, the mortuary attendant and a worker took to their heels, screaming, a witness told a local newspaper. Um, Matora said, this was a mistake from the start, and I apologize to my father. That's the guy that tried to kill himself? And inadvertently scared the morgue technician (laughs) i mean that's the proper response yeah why are you hitting me i thought you're a dead person coming back to life so why were you hitting me (laughs) dead things should stay dead (laughs) um in february of another year that i am unsure of um, a 78 year old man named walter williams started kicking in a body bag in an embalming room in a Mississippi funeral home. Walter Williams. You gotta love that alliteration, you know? It's very, like, southern, isn't it? Walter Williams? Coroner Dexter Howard called an ambulance and had him taken to the hospital. He said he thought Williams' pacemaker had a temporarily stopped working. And then he called the family. It's like, hey, good news. He, was, he said, Gracie, don't be upset, but we're taking your daddy to the hospital. Gracie, don't be upset, but we're taking your daddy to the hospital. Here's like the actual quote. Okay. He said, Grace, hold on. Southern Southern voice. Channel your inner um, Matlock. Gracie, don't get upset. We're fixing to take your daddy to the hospital. (laughs) Is that good? That was good. Yeah, good stuff. William's daughter, Gracie, told the uh, Clarion Ledger, I said, what? And he told me, he's back moving. Later, when they asked him what happened, he's back moving. He said he woke up in the hospital. He said, I had to be sleeping through all of this. Daddy, you were dead, Gracie Williams added. And unfortunately, he did end up dying two weeks later, like for real that time. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I must have been sleeping the whole time. (laughs) Daddy, you were dead. 
you were dead, Daddy. Can you imagine like having to make funeral plans for the same person twice? Yeah, like in the span of two weeks. It's like, okay, guys, this is the second Can invitation. Can you guys like, make sure that he's dead this time? Do you send out funeral invitations or is it like an announcement? I think it's more of an announcement. Okay, because I was thinking like, save guys, the date. We just. <laughs> I'm gonna bring a plus one to your funeral. Um, so. We just got another invitation to your dad's fu- to your daddy's funeral. That's the second one in two weeks. Are you sure this time? I think I already took off work twice now. Can't take off from the Win Dixie again. <laughs> Our back boy's out with the coronavirus. <laughs> anyway, other headlines in the news surrounding Lazarus syndrome: um, a twenty-year-old woman in Detroit was declared dead after thirty minutes of CPR, and she was taken to a she was taken to a funeral home where the staff discovered she was breathing. Awkward. She was treated in the hospital and then died two months later. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least it was enough time to pass that maybe it was unrelated. Yeah. Um, a 23-year-old British man was pronounced dead after CPR after failed CPR. And about 30 minutes later, a priest came to give him his last rites. And the priest noticed that he was breathing. Oof. Oof. Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then he died at the hospital like two days later. See, now that's close. So like, Closer. you fucked up. You <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Um, in Ohio, a 37-year-old man collapsed at home and in the hospital, his heart stopped. Um, he was pronounced dead despite 45 minutes of CPR. And then several minutes later, his family noticed his monitor showed a heart rhythm. Whoa. And then like a week later, he was well enough to go home. Nice. So that one actually ended up in a happy. Oh, good. Happy um, ending there for that one. Instead yeah. of dying two to two weeks, two days to two weeks later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in 2001, a 66-year-old man experienced cardiac arrest while undergoing surgery for an abdominal aneurysm. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know what that means. Um, after it's not great. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. Um, after 17 minutes of resuscitation efforts, incorporating CP- CPR, defibrillation, and medication. The man's vital signs failed to return. He was pronounced dead. Ten minutes later, his surgeon felt a pulse, and he was alive. Yikes. The man's operation continued and had a successful outcome. Nice, man. Um, in 2014, a 78-year-old man from Mississippi was declared dead after a hospice nurse found him with no pulse, and then the next day he woke up in a body bag at the morgue. Well, it's I think it's different, too, with hospice because... I feel like they should be like expertly trained in the death care well scene. once you're on hospice i'm I, I don't know if this is always the case so i could be wrong but in, it's my understanding that like once you're on hospice there's no uh resuscitation efforts really like you're there to to like be comfortable and and go you know yeah what I mean? and i could be wrong it might not be all the cases but it was my understanding i thought that like hospice care part of hospice of was care. like yeah, it's end of life care. Like you have a DNR, you just want to kind of go out peacefully, sort of. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I could be wrong because I don't think hospice is always end of life care. I think sometimes it's just like prolonged care. I think it's like long term end of life care sometimes. Yeah. So anyway, I could, like I said, I could be wrong. It could be different different places. Yeah. But it was my understanding that like on hospice, there's no resuscitation attempts. I'm really unsure. I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah. So, after all is said and done, 
Maybe don't be so quick to call for a body bag. <laughs> and that's really all that I have on Lazarus syndrome. Okay. That's good. Thank you. Good stuff. Look at that. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun like researching it. That was good. Like, man, it started off funny because we got into like the Bible thing <laughs> and I couldn't stop thinking about someone who accidentally starts there <laughs> and they're like, what the hell is this? Somebody told me about this. This is not what I expected. It got a little existential towards the end. Like, yeah, there's well, a fine line back. There's a fine line between discussing death and having a full-on existential crisis. <laughs> anyway, we learned a was, lot. We learned about CPR. We crushed some death talk. Crushed the death talk. We learned what uh, ROSC means. Did Return we? of spontaneous circulation. Oh shit! We did learn what ROSC means. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, dude. This is an educational ass thing, man. You're welcome, guys. Yeah. We learned that Billy has an oddly broad knowledge of the Bible. You learned that we both have a Netflix subscription. You learned that we do, in fact, apparently, I have yet to be convinced that we have a Netflix subscription. <laughs> I'm sure Coco's on Netflix. I thought it was Disney. I've totally watched Coco on Netflix. Mm. That's not while we're here. We'll see. We'll let you know next episode. <laughs> All right, All right guys. What else? anything else? No, I've got nothing. And we did our thing at the beginning, like good podcasters. God, we are crushing We're crushing this episode. it. We're kind of professionals. So. <laughs> it only took 26 episodes. <laughs> but just wait, next episode will be like a train wreck, I promise you. We're almost on 30 episodes. Oh my God. Anyway. All right, I gotta, I gotta run off some of this caffeine. Okay, well, uh, thanks for listening once again. And as always, we are, are the, the Boneses. Boneses. And, and guess what? what? We're out. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>